Oh my, my, my. Welcome back to the wrestling podcast. That's wrestling spelled W R S T L I N G. It's all the graps, but without the E. Of course, me, G, we're not anti E. We are simply pro wrestling. My name is Liam. This guy is Gareth. Hi. We are back in your life with another interview episode. Super pumped up for this one. We welcome to the podcast. Uh, wrestling's doing great things, not just in the UK, not just in Japan, but all around Europe as well. The wonderful Nightshade. Really enjoyed this one, Gaz. We've been looking forward to it for a while. Yeah, we? another goodie. Um, so this is one we've been chasing down for a little while. Kept being put on the back burner. Like, you know, we, we got her and then we had to, to let, her, let her down just because sheer timing wise with everything that's been going on as of late uh, sort of prevented it but whilst i'm back in the uk we managed to sit down together yeah absolutely so we really appreciate nice being so flexible and bearing with us and uh, a good egg absolutely before we get started big shout out to both gary and jace for providing us with some additional questions as well which we'll get into on the podcast that's always great to have that that sort of input as well and if you want to ask a question ahead of our next interview episode um you know we're going to start advertising those ahead of time so you can always ping us a ping us a line and we'll get some questions added to the podcast yeah anyway without further ado let's head over to the wrestling podcast meets nightshade all right friends very excited to have the one and only nightshade join us on the podcast welcome hi thank you so much for having me so we've been working on this one for a while, really excited to have you on. And we've had quite a few questions in from some of our listeners as well, which is very exciting. So Amazing. just before we get too far into it, for anybody that doesn't know you, perhaps you could just introduce yourself in your own words. Yeah, so I wrestle as Nightshade, the deadly one. I'm based in the UK, but I have been on three tours of Japan. I currently hold a belt in Spain for RCW Spain. And I wrestle all over the, the UK and Europe. You really do. It's absolutely flabbergasting just seeing how active you are all around the continent of Europe and then also jetting off to Japan every so often. Yeah, it's been absolutely awesome. It's really been a dream come true. Like I've done so many Europe shows mm. this year. I've made quite a few debuts and go, being able to go over to Japan, I went over this summer for almost two months, which is my longest ever tour. Wow. So it was really, it's really been an amazing whirlwind of the year, really. Well, we're going to have to get through all of this because, yeah, we've got so much to cover with you. Just again, for folks that don't know you so well, perhaps you could tell us how you how you got into wrestling, what your sort of fan, when your fandom began and your origin story, really, how you got started. Yeah, of course. So no one I ever knew was into wrestling. I had never watched wrestling. Wrestling was just not a common thing around me growing up. I knew nothing about the wrestling at all. Um, But I turned on Sky Sports one day and my dad had left it on, on the TV on Sky Sports. And it was the main event of Raw. And it was the first time I'd ever seen anything remotely to do with wrestling. And it was Triple H's entrance, and it was Triple H versus Randy Orton. And I was just mesmerised. I was about 13, 12, 12 turning 13 at the time. And I was just amazed. It was like the best thing I've ever seen in my life. I couldn't believe the theatrics and the music and like the looks. It was all just incredible to me. And from that moment forward, I was hooked on wrestling. I watched every single WWE show that there was. I started watching indie wrestling, begging my parents to take me to indie shows all over the UK. And I was well and truly hooked. And the moment I saw my first women's match, I was like, wow, that's what I want to do when I'm older. Oh, oh wow. That's amazing. Was that <laughs> yeah. on WWE or was that a live show where you saw it? It was show? on WWE. Yeah. Ah, it was okay. like following. I think it was the following Friday, the Friday Night Smackdown. They had their, like, women's segment. And I was like, oh, my gosh, there are girls that do this too. <laughs> that's so cute. I love that. Oh, that's amazing. And, like, it's just really cool hearing that you kind of got into it through WWE, but obviously loved wrestling so much. You're just like, there's other wrestling out there. I need to watch everything you can lay your hands on because, you know, that's very much where we both came from. Mm. It was just like, there's other wrestling? Like, it just blows your mind when you realize it's not just the one way of doing it yeah it really does and like we're so lucky now especially there's such an influx of wrestling there's so many amazing wrestling shows you can watch 
on TV and online and in real life. And we're so spoiled with how much wrestling there is now. But I remember shortly after discovering wrestling, mm-hmm. I found out about Shimmer, the all women's company. Yeah. Ah. And I bought every single DVD they had. <laughs> That's I awesome. Li- yeah, I literally had, still have the first ever Shimmer DVD. And I bought like every volume that came out yep. and I just absolutely adored it. Uh, those were the days. Yeah. I mean, Shimmer was just brilliant. Oh, it was. It's weird, but that's how I found out about some UK indie wrestlers. Like that's Shimmer was how I first saw like Jetta and Eden that's, Black. Yeah, and... that's where I first saw Jetta as well. Oh wow. And it's just it's just so funny that like in a roundabout way that kind of got me more into UK indies. Yeah, absolutely. It's you know, it's a it's a real shame that it doesn't seem like they're sort of running shows really anymore. Yeah, it's so it's such a shame because they were so ahead of their time. Massively. Yeah, truly. They having an all women's promotion and that was so good and that brought talent from all over the world, it really was just something special. Mm. And I can't you know, I can't even imagine the sort of shows that they would be able to run now. Oh my with gosh. All of this yeah. current talent worldwide. It would oh, be massive. it would be really, really amazing. And they were always someone mm. I really wanted to work for. It was always one of my biggest goals to work for mm. Shimmer. And unfortunately that has never come true. So uh, well fingers crossed they come back. I would love that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hope so. There's there were so many like great people there as well that just because of where indie wrestling and you know wrestling in general was at the time, just never got that shot at the like you know the real big time. That I'm just like, man, if they debuted now or they're around now, like they'd be such big deals. Oh know? man, yeah, yeah. Madison yeah, Eagles, absolutely. right? That's yeah, Madison a, Eagles, yeah. top, top the of the list. Yeah, mischief as well. Oh gosh, oh, yeah. so good. Good, good times. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> but as you say, we're spoiled for choice these days, and you know there are you know there are some really good all women's promotions that are sort of kind of filling that void i guess like um you know shine does it to to an extent mission pro i think you know it has has the potential to fill that void but yeah there's just something i don't know nostalgic and uh wholesome about shimmer and you know it has a special place in my fandom i think yeah i I feel very lucky that i got to go to i think one or two of their shows when i was out for mania weekends so i went to wrestlemania uh, 30 in that's the f- very first time I went to New Orleans was for that WrestleMania and I think that was like Shimmer 100 maybe it was oh my oh, gosh that's so awesome so for, from your career do you remember what can you tell us about your first match and your sort of feelings going into that so my first match I actually I have the worst memory ever by the <laughs> oh, way. No. Oh, no. <laughs> I always joke with my family and friends that I've had too many hits to the head because <laughs> genuinely my memory is pretty Pretty ridiculous. But I don't actually remember my first match mm. all too ah, vividly. Interesting. It was it was just like a small training match. Mm. It was like the first place that I trained and it was really I was still at school. Oh no way. Yeah, I was like in sixth form at the time. Jeez. Um so it was just something I did like once a week as a laugh, mm. you know, because I loved wrestling so much. I never expected I always was like, I want to be a wrestler when I'm yeah. older, but I never expected this to actually happen, you know. So I just kind of went to this club once a week and we just had like training matches, but they were in front of like friends and family and audiences. <laughs> so that was my first real match. Mm. And I don't even particularly remember it that that well. I remember being crazy nervous, like super, super, super nervous. Mm. And I think actually... I'm always a lot more nervous when friends and family are in the audience. Right. Okay. Like I would like now I would rather wrestle in front of like a thousand people (laughs) and not know a single one of them than wrestle in front of like 10, 50 of my friends and family. (laughs) Yeah, I can, I can relate to that 100%. Just made me think of something. Do you have, do you have a sister? I do. I do. We stood, I'm sure we stood next to her at a Eve show and she was oh, just yes. going absolutely bonkers and it That's was right. incredible like oh my gosh recently uh yeah maybe like six months ago oh it's so sweet all the things she was like chanting and getting into it it just really tickled us both and like i think brought us more into the show just because yeah. she was and like she'd be like oh she's you know like certain wrestlers she'd be like oh she's really nice and it was oh. very it was very sweet 
Yeah. yeah, my my friends and my sister, I, me and my sister first discovered wrestling together. Uh-huh. Me and my sister, like literally the best of the best friends. We do oh. everything together. And we were sat right next to each other that day and we turned on the TV and we looked at each other and was like, wow. And our obsession began together. And we were both, thankfully she loved it as well. Yeah. Because it would have been awful to have, had someone sat next to her that was like, oh, I don't know why you like this. Yeah, sure. Um, but she was a big, she was the one that first discovered the pro, I, me and her were in the audience for the first ever pro wrestling show. Oh, uh, really? Wow. Yeah. And there's like literally on the DVD, like on the footage, there's like literally you can see us in the audience. No way. It's so crazy. But it was my sister that actually found out about Eve online. Mm and told me about it and then we begged relentlessly for like three weeks leading up to it for our parents to take us and we're like please, please. oh that's great does, does dan know that that you're in the in the first yeah oh, yeah wow. yeah, oh, yeah we've that. spoken about it many a times <laughs> um and again person was just so so special to me like i think i was 13 that first ever event mm-hmm. Um, I must have been 13 or 14 years old, so, you know, really quite young. And it was just so, so special to me. And to think that now I work for Pressing Eve regularly. Yeah. I'm regularly on their shows. It's, if you could go back and tell a little 13-year-old Nightshade that, she, like, literally would not believe you. <laughs> so it's really, it's really amazing. Oh. And it makes me so happy every single time. Would you say that Eve is your sort of home promotion if you had one? Yeah, yeah, I would. I would do definitely. Oh, amazing. It's a real case of, you know, work until your idols become your rivals. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it really is. And I just, I'm, I feel so lucky like every time I get to wrestle, but especially wrestling for these companies that I've always idolized and always mm. wanted to work with. It's just, it's really awesome. Oh, that's very cool. Did you have any kind of performance background before you got into wrestling? Were you a, a drama girly growing up or anything? I was always into drama. Um, me and my sister, again, every summer holidays, we would do like a drama camp where we'd go and do acting. We'd put on like a theatre performance. And it was all at a very amateur level. Mm. Um, but I've always loved performance. And one of my favourite things nowadays, like going to the theatre and seeing an amazing show. Oh, amazing. Um, I think that was one of the most gripping mm. things about wrestling that really captivated me. Yeah. Mm. It wasn't so much the athleticism, it was so much more the storytelling mm. and the larger than life characters mm. that you just would never see otherwise. And that's really what got me hooked on wrestling. Ah, interesting. So I've got an acting background and Gareth and I have spoken about this a lot I always feel like I can spot the people that have had some sort of exposure to acting so I did wonder if you'd had because you know your character work and stuff like that you can kind of see there's a bit of a uh, there's some acting going on there which is it stands out thank you Mm. yeah I definitely love all the theatrics and I love like Nightshade is completely and utterly different to me as a person and I think being able to go out there in front of people I needed to create a complete not alter ego like I was I wouldn't be able to go out there and be myself yeah I would be too shy and nervous but Nightshade she completely is it's like stepping into a character like as soon as I put that outfit on it's no longer me and it's now Nightshade and it really is a, a complete character yeah I love this so not a case of turning your own personality up to 11. It's a complete 180 from, from who you are. Yeah, I mean, of course, you always find inspirations. Mm. Um, and I think because I often play play the bad the bad guy, I think I often bottle up a lot of my emotions. <laughs> and then when I'm wrestling at the weekend, I'll just let it all out and be able to be as nasty as I've, as I've wanted to throughout the week. Um, so... I think a lot of it does come through, you know, your own your own experiences. But mm. for the most part, Nightshade was definitely based on a yeah, a full character. I wanted to be like something you'd see in a comic book. Ah, interesting. Okay. That's um it's interesting you're talking about often playing the the, the villain, because that another observation I've made is I, I think you've got some like, some really good comic timing 
And I wonder if you ever oh. get the chance to play play a good guy and sort of, you know, like live that up. Do you do you often get um or do you get the chance to play the hero in, in many places? Not often at all. I oh. am 99% heel. Really? 99% villain yeah but that's what I'm really comfortable doing I'm mm. so comfortable being the big bad villain mm. and that's really kind of where Nightshade was created I always wanted to be the bad guy I never wanted to be the good girl that would get cheered and be liked um but recently for a lot of my European shows I've gone up there and had a really mixed reaction. I've been getting lots of cheers recently. Mm-hmm. And it's to the point where in Spain, where I hold my title, I was forced to turn baby face. <laughs> <laughs> because the crowd, they just, I guess something resonated with them and me. And of course, there is that slight language barrier too. Mm. You know, in the in England, it's so easy. When you're getting assaulted by a villain, you instantly know this is who I need to boo. And and here I need to cheer. But in Spain, they just they just absolutely love Nightshade for some reason. <laughs> so I've been able to play around with being a bit more likable, a bit more of of the good girl. And it's actually been really fun and exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I was just gonna say, I think it's fascinating as well, just because usually, you know, obviously you've held the belt for a while. Usually, you know, when somebody's been holding the title for a little while people tend to turn on them it tends to you know go towards turning people heel but you know you managed to go the other direction which I think is seems hard to do yeah I think it all started on the lead up to the belt you know I came in as as a villain and would just wrestle like my normal villain self but I think when I started to actually win and win regularly I think that's why people became more and more excited. Mm. I think because also the first couple of shows I did there, I was one of the only wrestlers that was a bit larger and had a bit more size to them. I think that automatically looks so much more real and so much more threatening. Mm. So I think once I started um, winning matches, I think the crowd started to really believe in me. Mm. Yeah. And then once I won the championship, I had like a standing ovation when I won the championship, which is just wild. Mm. <laughs> Maybe they, do you think they just kind of bought into the journey? Because they, they got to see you from, you know, your first match through to there. And, you know, yeah. anyone who's in the building on those two bookends is going to, I think, you know, really feel a sense of, you know, I've, I've watched something happen here. Definitely. And I think they have such a loyal fan base in RCW Spain. It's always familiar faces, always regular faces. And they follow my journey. A lot of the crowd also follow my journey on Instagram and on social media and will send me messages saying good luck. And Mm -hmm. they're looking forward to seeing my next my next fight. So we've really created like a bond. And I think, like you say, like they've seen the whole journey from my first my first introduction into the company to now being a champion and holding the belt for over a year now. Mm. So I think with every match, they just believe more and more within me. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, on Just speaking on the RCW thing, so I'm really impressed with what they're, they're doing, yeah. I feel like you never really heard about wrestling in Spain, you know, a little bit of White Wolf, you know, during the UK boom, you saw that uh, a little bit, but RCW this year in particular seemed to be really taking the ball by the horns as it were, slight Spanish reference there. And, you know, and, and doing some really big things. I mean, what can you tell us about the, the promotion as a whole and, you know, any wrestlers there that we might not have heard of yet that should be, uh, should be on our radar. Yeah, RCW has been an incredible promotion. As you say, they just keep growing and growing and developing. And it's been a really amazing experience to be representing their company, to have their title and to be their champion in the face of their company has just been an incredible experience. And I think RCW are absolutely a promotion to watch. Mm. With their growth in the last couple of years since I've been working for them, I can't even imagine the sort of the lengths they might reach in the future. And they just have such a brilliant eye 
for talent mm. and for wrestling. And it's amazing that, as you say, that we never really heard much about the wrestling scene in Spain, but they've been able to bring people from all over the world. They're bringing so many Japanese girls in and, yeah. and girls all over Europe and girls from, from the States. And it's amazing that they're able to really showcase some of the top wrestling talents in Spain. And I think that's another reason that the fans are so fierce mm. and so excited mm. because there isn't that massive influx of wrestling like we have here. There isn't a show that you could go to every Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Like we're so fortunate to have in the UK. So they really, when they go, they're just so full of life and everything is so exciting and new and, and amazing to them. And um, which makes for an awesome crowd to perform in front of. But I think in terms of RCW, I really think it is a huge company to watch. Yeah. And I think that they're absolutely making waves in the women's women's wrestling scene. And seeing some very interesting matchups that you might not be able to see anywhere else. Really mixing different companies. Like they have worked with Tokyo Joshi from Japan. And they've worked now working with Marvelous and working with lots of Eve girls. And it all seems to be very... Yeah, a really great well-oiled machine. Yeah. Very cool. Right. G, should we pause here and do some uh, do some silly questions yeah, before we get? Not, not I feel bad. us getting we're chomping at the bit to get into the really granular stuff, so we should ask some silly <laughs> questions first, and then we're gonna. That's gonna awesome. Go. That you have people ask questions too. Yes. Yeah. No. Really nice. Really nice. And you know, it's something that I'd like like to encourage as much as possible because you know. Yeah. We, absolutely. We so a few silly questions for you and we'll start off with the, the, the big hitter that causes the debate. <laughs> what is uh what is your preferred pizza topping? Oh I I'm gonna be controversial. I'm a Hawaiian girl. The, I tell you what, you, you are not a controversial amongst wrestlers. You you wrestlers absolutely love your yeah. pineapple pizza. It's just really <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny and maybe it feel, makes people feel healthier yeah. <laughs> they're like i'm a true athlete i'm having fruit on pizza <laughs> i just love that sweet the sweet little tang that you get when you bite into the mm. chunk of pineapple it's so lovely yeah i i don't disagree to be honest with you i quite like a a, a tropicana as it were Oh, lovely. <laughs> what is your go-to snacks uh, from, like, a convenience store? Oh. So, I mean, you can give a couple of different answers. So if you want to give, like, UK and Japan, you're very... If there's, like, different... Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Oh, I'm just being reminded of all of the incredible finds in the Japanese convenience stores. And, like, they are just, like, unlike anything oh, else. wild, isn't it? Yeah, like, the best best shops I've ever been to in my life <laughs> and they're just so normal and on every single corner and so so affordable too so I think some of my favorite snacks in the UK I love a little bit of chocolate mm -hmm. I know it's naughty but like who doesn't want to go into the shop and buy a chocolate bar as a treat Absolutely. like <laughs> they feel so happy and there isn't really anything I don't like in chocolate mm -hmm. Like everything in chocolate is good, and the only thing I'm not so keen on is raisins. Interesting. So when it's like fruit and nut, yeah, I'll take the nut. I hate the fruits. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not a raisin, not a sultan, sultana sort of girl. But any little chocolate bar, I love it. <laughs> if I'm trying to be a bit healthier, I'll probably can't get the chocolate every time, unfortunately. I'll probably go for like the little uh, refrigerators, chicken chicken bits. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah. Mm. Just get so that easy, so quick and convenient. Yeah, that hit of protein just done. Also, I love a good old meal deal here in the UK. <laughs> like usually, I'll I'll go into the shop, get my meal deal, get a monster a can of monster energy drink, especially for those show days. Yeah, I can imagine. Got to yeah. have a can of monster. Those long drives and those. There's, you know, what's your uh, go-to monster flavor? Oh, you know, it changes a lot with all the limited edition ones that they bring out. Hmm. I think you absolutely cannot go wrong with the traditional white zero sugar one. Mm -hmm. White monster can't go wrong. 
but I love all of the interesting flavors that they bring out. And this is something I actually do on my Patreon because I love monsters so much. Whenever there's a new flavor, I do like a tasting. I do a monster tasting on my Patreon. <laughs> and I'll give it a rating. And especially when I went to Japan, I was looking for like every single monster that I've never seen before. Oh, so amazing. that I could do my little monster ratings over on Patreon. This is um, a sponsorship also... deal waiting to happen, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, stop it. Can you imagine a nightshade flavoured monster? What okay, what so what flavour would that be? Yeah. Oh I don't actually know. <laughs> okay, you have to get to work on that. <laughs> yeah, because I'd want it to be different. I'd want it to be because I think a lot of they've brought out so many flavours now. And they're lovely, but it's like mango, pineapple. Mm. They're all very similar, I think, or the same, but slightly different. Yeah. Whereas I feel like if I bought out a, a nightshade flavor, it'd have to have some sort of twist, but that might make it not so appealing. <laughs> like, I think a blackcurrant monster would be lovely. Oh, okay. yeah. Is there a danger that it tastes a bit like lemsip, do you think? Or... Well, I'm thinking more oh, Ribena. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You. A Ribena one would be lovely. They did a coffee one a few years ago, and it, I don't think it lasted for very long. I had one, and it made my eyes shake. It was bizarre. <laughs> yeah. Were well, they was... these, like, little, the little cans? I had one of those, the LucasAid ones, because I, I used to do night shifts, and I took one before a night shift, and I was I was all over the shop. It was terrible. Oh, I felt like, my gosh. Yeah, it was bad news. Wouldn't recommend. Certainly not before a wrestling match, anyway. No. <laughs> yeah, I think I've tried those monster coffees as well. Oh, gosh. Sounds like bad news. Yeah. Yeah. It's as yeah. bad as it sounds, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Great before going to the gym, though, because you're going to be there for a couple of hours. Yeah, that kind of makes sense, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, who needs pre-workout, you know, just have some monster, yeah. Yeah, yeah although... Unfortunately, I do have quite a high caffeine tolerance now. Oh, no. I think I just drink them too regularly mm. and I don't get that desire effect anymore. So you, you just need a lot of caffeine to work at like a base level. Like this is if I stop, if I stop drinking Monster, I'm just going to drop stone dead. Yeah, literally, literally. I think my body is probably like 80% Monster inside. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. But coming back to the convenience store snacks, mm -hmm. in Japan, I see, I always try to try something different. Yeah. Okay. But I didn't have like my absolute go-to mm. because uh, I was only there for a limited amount of time. Whereas in the UK, I'm very much more, this is what I like, I'll stick to that. Yeah. But in Japan, I just want to try everything. Mm. I absolutely love the melon soda, the like bright oh, yeah. green melon soda. I really, really enjoyed the taste of that. Um, but I also love the hot counter, mm. like the hot little chicken bites that you could get and the chicken skewers. And I thought I didn't try anything I didn't particularly like, really. Good going. And that's, that's yeah, really good going. <laughs> nice. We're, we're sticking with Japan then. So obviously there's a big karaoke culture out there. Are you a karaoke person? And if so, what's your song? Of course, I'm a karaoke person. <laughs> I feel like this is where the performance aspect comes into it. Because I am not a very good singer whatsoever, as much as it pains me to say it. <laughs> I feel like that's um, no impediment to karaoke, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when it comes to karaoke, I'm like all about the performance factor. Yeah. I will be giving people the mic, like, <laughs> I know you know this one. Come on, join in. <laughs> <laughs> and um i will be like trying to start claps you know i'll do a little dance routine i will really just try and be the life and soul of the party and i feel like it's the overall karaoke experience which makes you have a good time and actually sometimes when you're a dreadful singer it's even more fun yeah absolutely 100 <laughs> see i don't have a personal gaty song but i steal my sister's Especially like when I first went to Japan, because my sister has a song she sings every single time at karaoke, and she has done since we were teenagers. And she's she's very similar to me, especially after a few drinks. She just gets the whole place going. So she sings Celine Dion, My Heart Will Go On. Oh my gosh. Yeah, That's yeah. A big and number. To be, fair, to be fair, she smashes it. <laughs> so in in, in 
tribute to my amazing sister, I always, every single time I go to Japan, I sing my heart. That's, <laughs> that's very good. <laughs> That's the big gun of uh, karaoke songs, isn't it? My oh, word. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. And you hear the voice cracking. Oh. <laughs> just can't hear those notes. No. It's just too emotional. You, do you guys have a go-to? So the, Gareth had um, karaoke just after his wedding, and I didn't make it because it was it's just too late. I can't do it anymore. Um, oh, but gosh, I was really... monsters. I should, <laughs> should have had a monster. Um, but I was really freaking out about it because I don't really have a song. But I was thinking, have you ever heard the Rattling Bog? I did. I have. So this is because I, I'm a dad now and I only really listen to the Wiggles. But they did a, a, a cover of the Rattling Bog, which is an old Irish song. And it's, right. it's pretty good. It just goes on and on and on. But I was thinking of that one. So yeah. if you ever ever have a spare 20 minutes, you can uh, <laughs> oh, no. have a listen to that one. <laughs> what about you, Gareth? I've never asked you. My go-to is uh, anything by Johnny Cash, usually Ring of Fire. Oh, nice. Is nice. Yeah, that makes sense. It's just, it's just fun to do the voice. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to do you want to give us a slice? Of... And it burns, burns, burns. There you go. The ring of fire. The ring of fire. Yeah. It's like I was in Folsom Prison. That was bizarre. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Very good. And so, the final silly question is: outside of um, wrestling, do you have any sort of other interests that people might not know about? Oh, that's a very interesting question. <laughs> it's it's always think... a thinker. Like people really have to be like. What do I do outside of wrestling? Yeah, like wrestling takes up so much time Mm -hmm. and so much of my life. And I'm constantly thinking about it or watching it or going to wrestle. Mm -hmm. That actually I don't get that much time away. I mean, of course, I love spending time with my family and friends. Who doesn't? Um, But I have really, really been into going to the theatre. Oh, nice. Really so cool. I, as a child, always loved going to the theatre and loved doing the drama camps and the drama mm. classes. But when I became a teenager, I just kind of forgot about it. You know, I life took over and I, I forgot what going to the theatre was like until me and my sister, about 18 months ago now, went on a trip to New York. So, oh. of course, we had to see some shows on Broadway and oh my god, it really completely and utterly relit my spark for the love of of the theatre. And since then, we've been to so many West End shows. Oh wow! And we just love, like, oh, we just love it. I love it so much. Oh, fantastic! So what, yeah, what have I been think, the what have been the standout shows? We see, we saw fans from the opera. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Which Gosh. was amazing. And like the costumes, because I'm such a costumes girl. Mm. This is probably another one of my interests. I love everything beauty related. Mm -hmm. Hair, makeup, nails, cute outfits. I love everything like that. It makes me good. So seeing those costumes in real life, and we're quite close to the the stage. Mm. So we had such an amazing view. And I was just looking at all the little details on the costumes. Oh, wow. That's so nice. And it it was wonderful. But one show that we actually didn't ex- we didn't plan on seeing, um, we had a really jam-packed itinerary for our New York trip, and it was raining the day that we wanted to walk the Brooklyn Bridge, mm-hmm. and we were like, we're not going to walk it in the rain. <laughs> so we bought last-minute tickets to go and see Beetlejuice. Okay. Okay. And I'd actually never seen the movie. Mm-hmm. I'd seen people dress up as him, and yeah. my ex tag team partner Jade when we were past the sanitarium. She loved Beetlejuice. She would always dress up as him as Halloween. And I never really knew who he was, but Beetlejuice, oh my gosh, it, it was potentially standout show of the trip. It was fantastic. Like the staging, it was so funny. It was like the whole audience was just cackling with laughter. And it was incredible. I've heard that it's going to be coming to London. Oh, nice. So I'm absolutely going to go when it comes comes into London. Did you see, it was earlier this year, I just had to look it up now actually to get the name, Matt Cardona was in a musical over in the States. It was called The Last Match. And the, the reason I heard about it was because a guy that I used to love Holby City when it was on. Um, right. And there was a dude that was in that 
was the the lead character and he actually pops up on the indies and had a match with matt cardona just to kind of get prepared for it Uh, i don't know what's going to become of it but it sounded amazing like a wrestling themed musical like yeah i have heard about it (laughs) Yeah, and uh, that would be so cool to go and watch. Yeah. Like, I loved um, the Mythos. Yeah, part of Rock I don't know if you've... Yeah. Oh, okay. You can see it, but it's an absolute must-see for wrestling fans. Oh, wow, okay. It's about, um, there's, like, Loki and Thor, and it's all that sort of era, and it's a, a tie story, but there's wrestling stunts. Oh wow! Okay. Um, stage is a ring without any ropes or turnbuckles or posts. Amazing. And they have these incredible fight scenes in the play, and they're taking wrestling moves and they're wrestling each other. So it's it's amazing. Charles Crowley is one of the a regular performers in it, and you know I think I think so much of his work as a wrestler. But getting to go and see that that theater show was was awesome oh, the message of wrestling and, and theatre was was really cool oh, very good. I'll have to look that keep an eye out for them so I'd love to go see something like that sounds great yeah so getting back to the the wrestling now so one of the questions that um we had asked was just to hear a bit more about your recent tour with Marvelous how that came about what life in the dojo is like so what what can you tell us about that Yes, so I was really, really excited to go over and work with Marvellous. I love Japanese wrestling in general, and it was such a huge goal of mine to go over to Japan. So I've been over twice before with Tokyo Joshi and absolutely loved the experience. But they were quite short tours. I was only there for about two weeks at a time. Mm. And I didn't really have to do much in the dojo. Whereas when Marvelous approached me, they wanted me to go out for six to eight weeks, so almost two months, and live in the dojo and really experience that whole Mm. sort of dojo training wrestler life. And I was so excited to go out with them and have that opportunity because I absolutely adored going over with Tokyo Joshi. But it was a lot more of like a holiday. And because I was just having my matches, I was just doing my moves that I already know and wrestling as as myself, you know, wrestling as Nightshade. But I really felt that this time with Marvelous gave me such an opportunity to actually learn the Japanese style a little bit more and to be training with Japanese wrestlers and to add some of that to my arsenal, try and get better. Mm. I'm always trying to get better as a wrestler and move forward and and learn new moves and learn new skills and brush up on things that I'm not very good at. So I thought it was going to be a really, really amazing opportunity to learn, which it definitely was. Oh, amazing. Yeah, so I went out with them in July, towards the end of July, and I was there for just over six weeks. Mm-hmm. And the schedule was pretty full on with training. Um, we trained Monday to Friday, four hours a day. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So it was a lot, mm. a lot of hard training. Um, it wasn't, when I first went out there, I thought it was going to be Monday to Friday without fail, no exceptions. Mm. But we did have a lot of rest days, actually, or okay. if the girls had a show on a Thursday. And um, we'll just do self-training so we wouldn't have that strict four-hour training session mm. um, every day. So it was a lot more lenient than I had imagined. But the work ethic in Japan is unlike anything I've ever seen. I'm sure. The girls turn up and they train every single day in that dojo, just getting better and getting fitter. And the mentality is just amazing. And I think even though six weeks is a really long time, I'm quite a slow learner. (laughs) It takes me a little while to grasp things, especially when it comes to wrestling. I've never been very naturally athletic. So for me, I think the biggest thing I actually learned was that mentality and that sort of mindset 
because they really have a don't ever quit mentality and you only fail if you give up mm-hmm. you know so as long as you just push through and try your absolute best that's what they really admire so it it really learned I really learned a lot about myself um as well because it was much harder training that I'm used to personally and the sessions being a lot longer mm. you know usually here I'd go to an hour and a half training session and there'd be maybe 10 or 12 people whereas for the most part training there was myself Sandra Moon and from from the US mm. Maria and Rico who make team Magenta and I and then Mio who was the the trainer for the most part it was Mio who was the head trainer and taking the training sessions so we had because it was a smaller group there's usually the six of us we had a lot more time actually in the ring to actually be doing these skills and and any tiny little thing that wasn't perfect you would try to make perfect mm-hmm. whereas sometimes you know on in a larger training group it can eat e- things like that can easily be overlooked yeah gotcha no that makes a lot of sense so it's kind of i suppose it's the equivalent of like a private school education yeah you know <laughs> yeah getting smaller groups so you know having the matches out there is almost like a on the shows is like a bonus because you got such a great education by the sounds of things you know really helped sort of work on your game yeah absolutely and I can't I mean I can completely understand how Japan is producing the best wrestlers in the world because then just just that access to training Mm. you know here in the UK you know I have to work and and try to wrestle and it's really difficult and I live my closest training school is a two-hour drive away from me oh really yeah so I have to drive a four-hour round trip to have ring access whereas there you literally the the dojo house was right next to the dojo so you'd walk out of the house there was the car park and then to your right was the dojo facility Mm. with equipment and this big wrestling ring and it's just amazing to have everything at your doorstep yeah I can imagine how that would be just mind-blowing you know in terms of what you've got access to here how do you navigate things like the language barrier and stuff when you're when you're learning in a full-time environment like that a lot of the marvelous girls had fantastic english oh wow that always helps so yeah and the the chigusa nagayo-san was always telling us to speak to the girls in english because they want to learn more english and practice their english so Chibisa owns, owns the Marvelous Company. Mm-hmm. And um, when she brought me out there, she said to me, please talk to the girls in English. And I was really excited because I thought I was actually going to learn a little bit of Japanese <laughs> because my Japanese is, is minuscule, but I always try my best. Um, so I was so excited to try and learn some Japanese phrases. And I was like, wow, a month and a half is such a long time. I'm going to learn so much Japanese. And I just spoke English the whole time. <laughs> Um, but the girls' English, like Maria, has fantastic English. Of course, at times, things are lost in translation and it takes a little bit longer to try and understand what each other is saying. But really, I think wrestling, with the training, wrestling is just so visual mm-hmm. that you just follow what they're doing. You know, it's really in a universal language. You see what they're doing and you just copy it, yeah. like a lot of the drills. It was just seeing the sorts of roles that they were doing and copying them. So there was no no problem at all uh, during the training at all with communication. Yeah. And, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it was, it was really, really good because it is quite daunting going somewhere that you know none of the language and it is such a different language mm-hmm. and such a different culture. But But no, thankfully... There was no no communication issues whatsoever. What a great opportunity that was. It was really awesome. Yeah, it really was. I would love to go over again. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to go over for a longer period of time. Mm. Because, like I said, I'm, I'm very quite slow at grasping things. It took me a really, really long while 
to even grasp how to do a basic bump in wrestling. And I see some people come through now and they just pick it up so quickly and they're so <laughs> such naturals at it. And that is never, and I don't think ever will be me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm 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 a bit it does not come naturally to me, but yeah. you know, you work through your strengths and weaknesses. Mm. Um, but for the most part, so we're trained for four hours roughly a day. But we would always start training at 10.30 in the morning and we'd do two hours of strength and conditioning. So we'd do cardio and weights and different uh, footwork drills and running and and things like that. And then we'd have a break for lunch and then we would start on the wrestling, the wrestling portion of the training. And that would, would usually take about two hours, you know, sometimes longer, sometimes shorter for, for both sections. But that was the majority of our day. And then afterwards, after training was done, we'd all go and have our showers because it was so hot. Oh, yeah. It was like 36 degrees. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And I'm not I'm not fond of the heat. And obviously being <laughs> fair and ginger, <laughs> I'm... Burn. and oh, a no. fair portion of our training especially in the mornings was outside mm-hmm. oh geez so i was just i had to lather myself in factor 50 <laughs> and the first couple of weeks i was there i burnt all in my hairline oh, no. that's the worst <laughs> you don't put sun cream in now no no well, my my skin was like flaking off, peeling oh, into my hair because I'd burnt it. Poor thing. Jeez. Oh, and there was no air conditioning in the dojo either. Really? So, so hardcore. Yeah, it was. I mean, there's they have an incredible gas tank in like cardio, which I I've never been particularly fond of cardio. I'm definitely not a a, a fast paced wrestler. <laughs> So I'm trying to keep up was just, it was really challenging. Like, even though it was so incredible and it was like one of the best experiences of my life, it was also, also very difficult at times, Mm. you know, really pushing your body to the limit and just trying to do your, be your best and do your best. Mm. Um, It's definitely not, not easy. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. (laughs) And has it been sort of difficult juggling sort of real life and being able to kind of shoot off to Japan for nearly two months? You know, was that sort of a challenge for you to be able to get all those ducks in a row or? Yeah, definitely. But for me, wrestling is really what I want my life to be. Like, I just love wrestling so much. And when, you know, I feel so lucky and grateful that I was the person that they selected for this opportunity and I just, there was no way I couldn't let it happen. Like, yeah. I I didn't care, you know, there was just no no way that I was going to miss out on it. So regardless of what was going on at home, I just had to, I had to go over and I had to do it, so. No, fair play. I, I completely get that. And then the, the other question that we, we had in for you was about your, your sort of European tours that you're doing, because... From memory, and you can add more to this list, um, I'm sure, but I think you wrestled recently in Spain, obviously, France, Germany, Austria, Finland, I want to say. Yes, um, yeah. There may be, yeah, that's, who, who knew there was wrestling in Austria, um, you know, in Finland? That's amazing. So yeah. what can you tell us about those trips? And, and again, is there anybody out there that, you, you know, you've seen that you think might be a, a big deal or that people should be paying more attention to? Yeah, absolutely. So for Finland, it was a really special opportunity because it was, I believe, their first ever all-women's show in ah, Finland. Wow. So it was a really big, um, big show and a really big opportunity. And they brought wrestlers in from all over the place. So they had Maxi Impaler from, from America and they had Ali Klatch from the States as well and and quite a few UK wrestlers, and it was a real mixture of nationalities on that show, and I felt very lucky to have been included. And I'd never been to Finland before either, mm. and travelling is one of my absolute favourite things, so being able to do it with wrestling is just amazing. Um, so 
Finland was a really beautiful place and the show was fantastic. There was some slight card subject to change, slight problems, slight <laughs> passport problems. And, and my match ended up changing. I was supposed to be in a, a tag team match initially. Mm-hmm. And I ended up actually having a singles match versus Ali Catch, me versus Ali Catch. Oh, cool. And oh my gosh, I had never wrestled Ali before. But I was so happy that we were able to have a singles. And it was so much fun. And the crowd, I think, because there isn't that much wrestling in Finland, the crowd were just so excited mm. and so so into anything. You could do you could do a lockup and the crowd are going wild, you know? So that was also that atmosphere that it brings just gives you so much of a of a boost so I was very very excited to wrestle Ali Cat, and I really hope that I'm able to wrestle her many more times in a singles match Um, but my friend Regina she's an awesome wrestler she's just been over with Tokyo Joshi yeah actually she's had her first ever Japan tour and I think she's absolutely one to watch she's great she's fearsome and she's just awesome inside and outside of the ring you know they've obviously got some uh some faith in her because you know she had a princess princess title match against Miu Master. yeah you know that's 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 a quite an honor isn't it you know to go out there oh, and have a singles absolutely. match yeah definitely a big match and I think the more that she breaks out and the more country she's coming to she also had her pro wrestling debut earlier in this year and I think the more places she's able to go and wrestle the more she's going to develop as a wrestler as well Mm. and I just think I don't know I love a a bigger character and a larger than life I love wrestling being a bit more of a spectacle yeah absolutely so I, I when I see people that really have something about them and she really just you can't not look at her when when you're watching her wrestle she just owns owns the ring and owns owns the crowd so it's a really great great thing to experience very cool well you've been very very generous with your time so we should probably think about wrapping up soon but just before we go you know what are your what what does the future look like you know for for nightshade what are your plans for i guess we can say what are your plans for next year because we're almost there you know what would you oh my gosh i can't believe we're almost 2024 oh i know it's yeah honestly I have no I'm going to be a very open-minded and very open with my calendar as well Mm. I don't have all that many concrete plans for 2024 at all I think we'll just have to see what happens I think wrestling is a very fast-moving industry and it's very much you know you get contacted for bookings usually a month or two in advance it's not for me personally it's never too too organized um but I don't know I like to think that opportunities are endless and hopefully I will continue to have a year like I have this year and just honestly wrestling everyone everywhere (laughs) so that would that would be awesome yeah I hope to wrestle loads of different places hopefully some more more debuts hopefully more country debuts as well so New Orleans yeah. and Froome as well. Yeah. We want it. Oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, do you have anything you, you'd like to plug before we head off and let you go? Yeah. So I have a big cartel. We can buy all my merchandise. I am wearing one of my Nightshade t-shirts today. That's a very cool shirt. Thank you. So I have them over there on my big cartel. I also have a lampshade variant <laughs> because all of the UK fans... <laughs> can't lampshade at me and it's so annoying but I thought give them what they want give them a lampshade t-shirt you know (laughs) so you can choose whether you are team nightshade or team lampshade over on my big cartel bigcartel.com slash nightshade wrestler and I also have a patreon where you can just get to know me a lot more and what goes into creating nightshade you know I do my monster taste tests I also do various vlogs. I vlogged every day whilst I was in Japan. Oh, wow. Awesome. So I pretty much put it into a weekly vlog because especially the, the training days, you know, was, I couldn't film much of the training. It's very sensitive and things. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I vlogged every single day whilst I was in Japan. Mm-hmm. So the people on my Patreon, it's really 
the best way to understand what it's like to be a wrestler and try, trying to be a wrestler. And, you know, I, I also show my hard moments on my Patreon too, you know, if I'm struggling with something or, you know, there are certain times in the vlogs of Japan where I was, my body was absolutely broken and I mm. thought, oh, guys, if training's so hard, I don't know how we're going to go. <laughs> So, you know, we're really, it's really like a little family over there on Patreon. So that's also patreon.com slash wrestler. But just any any place you can follow me, Nightshade Wrestler on Instagram, Nightshade Wrestler on Facebook, and Nightshade PW on Twitter. Perfect. We'll put all your links in the show notes so people can find you nice and easily. Thank you. Brilliant. This has been a pleasure, a real treat. Yeah, Thank you so much for stopping it's by. It's been so much fun. Thank you. Wish you all the best for next year. More, more baby face bookings, please, as well. Yeah. This ah! is a, this is. <laughs> <laughs> You're being wasted as a heel. This is a, you know, more ah. baby face bookings. Well, maybe, you never know. Maybe it'll be the year of baby face nightshades. <laughs> all right. Thanks so much. We'll see you again. Cheers. Thank you. And we're back. Woo! That was the lovely nightshade. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. She'd probably prefer it if we call her the deadly nightshade. Uh, deadly nightshade. But, uh, the deadly one. She was heaps of fun there. Really enjoyed chatting to her. Could have kept going. I had so many sort of little offshoots from avenues that we went down, but there's just never enough time. No, this is it. And, you know, we, we actually were very lucky to have a nice conversation before and post um, recording as well. And, you know, just a very nice individual. So a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I really enjoyed sort of getting to know her a little bit more. Definitely was interested to have it confirmed that I just had a real feeling that she was somebody that had a performance background just based off of her work and have that confirmed is really interesting. And then just to know all about the ins and outs of of training with Marvelous was really fascinating, I think. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, it's not often you get a peek behind the curtain of dojo life and, Mm. you know, it's secretive and you have to respect that. But it was nice to... To, to learn a little bit more about what it was like from yeah. a personal perspective so yeah no, really good and uh, once again thanks to the lads for the questions as well really appreciate that and uh right we should wrap this thing up we got more interviews to come uh we are going to be speaking to australia's cherry stevens on the podcast very soon so if you've got any questions for cherry do sling those over you can hit us up on the socials we're at wrestling pod that's wrestling about the e on twitter and instagram wrestlingpod at gmail.com you can send us an email if you're feeling old-fashioned <laughs> we need a peer box that would really do the uh, trick. smoke signals carrier <laughs> pigeon we accept all of the above yeah, we're relaxed. It's all good. Um, wrestlingpod.com, again, wrestling about the E. That's where you can find all the links, podcast platforms where you can leave a rating or a review. Those are very, very well received. We're very, very grateful for those. They help us to secure more interviews like this one. And also you can find Gareth and myself on our personal Twitters through that link as well if you want to come and hang out with us individually. And if you're feeling generous, there's another couple of ways you can support us monetarily. So we have both a Kofi, which uh, is really great for giving a little one-time or monthly reoccurring donation with no expectation of of kind of any reward. So that is uh, ko-fi.com, kofi.com forward slash wrestling pod. Or there is also our Patreon. So that is patreon.com forward slash the wrestling podcast. It starts at £3 a month and that gives you access to... You'll get a nice shout out on the podcast. Uh, and with that in mind, Steve, thank you once again for staying with us. It's it's always a pleasure to, you know, chat to you in the Discord and, you know, just get your thoughts. Uh, 450 tier that gets you into our Discord, the private Discord. We've got the Tiger Suplex tier, which gets you uh, early access to our interview episodes. And we've got the Dragon Suplex tier, which gets you on top of everything already listed. You get an exclusively monthly article from Liam. Uh, and then at the the high end, we've got the Blizzard Suplex tier, £13 a month. That gets you a weekly overrun episode uh, for anything we couldn't fit on on the mainnet. And then finally, the Avalanche Vertical Suplex tier, £16.50. Uh, and that gets you the ability to curate an episode with you, you picking the topics, promotions and subject matter. So if any of that sounds good to you, head to patreon.com forward slash the wrestling podcast 
uh, we'd love to have you on board. Very good, very good. Okay, folks, um, thanks for spending your time with us. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the socials, as mentioned. So do hit us up, let, know, let us know what you think. Thanks again to Nightshade for being a wonderful guest, and hopefully we'll get to speak to her again in due course. In the meantime, friends, stay happy, stay safe, and enjoy the graps. <laughs>